Dear friends, imagine one day a powerful king sent a decree to the whole of his kingdom, gathering all the people and asking them to come before his throne. And he said, he is going away for one month pilgrim. And then he says, you all must follow a certain rules while I'm away. And he said, also added, I will judge you accordingly when I return. Either I will reward you or I will punish you. And so after a month of pilgrimage, he came back. And as he said, he gathered all the people in his kingdom. And then he separated them into two groups. One who did follow his uh, decree and another who did not follow. And as he said, he gave reward to those who followed his decree. And to those who did not follow, he sent them to prison. And friend, as a king, he did the right thing. He judged each one them accordingly. And today, in our gospel reading, Jesus preaches something similar as we celebrate the feast of the Christ the King. He, Jesus himself, preaches that he is a returning king who would come to judge. So let us look at our text today and learn on how and what Christ teaches the people back then and which is applicable for us even today in the sermon I've titled, Christ the King will come to judge. And friends, if you look at your outline, the first point, the day. And friends, to know the day, we need to look at the context. Jesus is actually in the Mount of Olive and teaching the people about the second coming, that will be the judgment day. Since chapter 24, he has explained that many false prophets will rise up when the time is near. He taught them about the abomination of desolation and what the coming of the Son of Man would be like. He also taught them a lesson from the fig tree and also reminded and warned them that no one know the time when the Son of Man will return. Then he continued to teach two different lessons from two other parables as well. And in addition, as he continues to teach about the judgment, we arrive into our text today and look at verse 31. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Friends, the day is very clear. It is the second coming of Jesus as a king. And when he comes in his second coming, he will sit on his glorious throne. And friends, if you ever happen to watch old movies, you will see that the king sits on his throne only for a few occasions, like celebration or entertaining guests, or mostly when he judges someone. But from the context of our gospel today, we can know that Jesus in his second coming would be the day for judgment and he would come as a king and sit in his glorious throne. And friends, it is a great reminder that the day of judgment would come and Christ, the king, 
would come with all his angels, with his glory, and sit on his throne. Not for celebrating, not to entertain guests, but he will come to judge each one of us accordingly. And nevertheless, what will happen before the judge when the King Jesus comes to? Look at verse 32 and verse 33, which leads to our second point, the gathering and the separation. Dear friends, in verse 32, Jesus portrayed himself as a fearsome king. All nations, all people without any exception will be gathered before him. It is a universal gathering. Whether you are white or black, whether you are Jews or Gentile, whether you are poor or rich, male or female, and importantly, whether you are a believer or not, you will be gathered. And moreover, immediately we can see that the king would separate the people one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goat. He would place the sheep on his right and the goats to the left. And friends, there's nothing significant in this right or left here. It is just showing the sheep and the goat would be separated in two different extents. But what will happen to them? For those in the sheep's side, and then what will happen to those in the goat's side? And that leads to our third point, the sheep. Friends, now to those in his right, to the sheep, the king will say as in verse 34, he says, come, you who are blessed by Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And friends, in this verse, there is an element of God's election. These are the people who are responding to the grace and faith that has been provided for them. God has blessed them with salvation blessing that they would inherit God's kingdom which has been prepared for them. It shows that this kingdom is already there since the day God created the world. And there would come a time when we as believers would inherit it. However, beside the facts that we are saved by faith alone, there is something Jesus added from verse 35 to verse 40. Look at verse 35 onward. He says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visited you? And look what the king answers. He says, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Friends, to make it simple, Jesus brings out some of the good things they have done, like giving food, giving water, welcoming, and visiting. But however, don't get it wrong. It is not a checklist like A, I've done, B, I've done, or something like that. But it is some of the examples that echoes Jesus' earlier teaching in chapter 7, where Jesus indicated the people to follow 
God's will. And friends, there's a lot of God's will throughout the Bible for the people, and one of it to do good works. If you look at your outline in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, it says that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here, Jesus is very clear that in the judgment day, we are answerable whether we have followed the will of God in our life. That is the one of the purpose for which we are created and saved in Jesus. And remember, God has prepared the good works beforehand so that we should walk in them. And that is why in James' epistles, uh, James' epistle, we, he mentioned that faith without deeds is dead. And friends, when the king separated the sheep, he in the first place, he knows that the sheep has faith on him. How would we know that? It is true the good works they did. Friends, if faith is in us, then the fruit of faith will always be there in us and reflected through our good works. And in addition, in verse 38 and verse 39, we can see the people question, when they did all these good works to Christ? This looks like the sheep apparently acted out of genuine compassion without any awareness that the key might be present among the least one and perhaps without any thoughts of potential reward. All they know is to do what is God's will. And then the king would answer them as in verse 40, he says, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Friends, I believe when the king would mention these, my brothers, it indicates all the people regardless of their religion, regardless who they are, we are to show Christ's love through our good works. For example, when a team from St. Mary's went to Penang to help, they went even to the Muslim house, they went even to the Buddhist house, they went even to the Hindu's house as well. Regardless of their faith, they shared the love of Christ to them through the ways they could. Nothing more, nothing less. It's only purely Christ's love. So friends, to make the whole thing simple, the group or the people who will be gathered as the sheep in the right is the people who has faith in Christ and so express their faith by responding to God's will by doing good works. And then, to those in the left, to the good, as our fourth point, the king would say from verse 41, Depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire prepared for devils and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Friends, this is the ultimate sentence to, to, to the total opposite of those who are following God's will by doing good works and to those who are not. And this is the reason they will be sent into eternal fire or in other words, into the hell 
that consists of endless conscious torments. A place specially prepared for the devils and his followers. And then, in verse 44, we can see these people would ask the same question like the people in the sheep site. However, I believe there's a different motive for both of them asking the question. While the sheep ask because they did not know what they did is good, the goat now is asking because if only they have knew it, they would have do it. Friends, the motive of the sheep and the goats are different. Both do not know the implication, but the sheep did it without expectation. But however, the goat would have done it if there is a reward for them. So the king gave a similar answer to the goat, but in a very negative connotation. As in verse 45, he says, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Friends, to make it this, the whole thing simple, the good who does not have faith in Christ or did not have turned their faith into action of good works will be judged accordingly and be sent straight to hell, to the place where it's specially prepared for the devils and his angels. That is why in verse 46, Jesus added a wonderful reminder to them of the judgment as our fifth point in our outline. Friends, on the judgment, there is only two things going to take place and each one of us would be in one of it. First is the eternal punishment. Friends, those goods would be sent in eternal punishment or in other words, to hell as I mentioned earlier. It's a place that is specially pre uh, uh, been prepared for the devils and his angels with the eternal fire with unending torments. But the second is the eternal life. But those sheep, the kingdom of God has been prepared for them to inherit. Or in other simple words, is the new heaven and a new earth. It is the place where we would be gathered as God's people in his place under his blessing and his rule the place where we as a believer would have eternal life so friends as conclusion as well for our application i want to encourage each one of you to continue to do good works in various capacity you can not necessarily must be visiting feeding giving clothes and so on these are just some of the examples that Christ used. You can do good works in your giving or in volunteering your, yourself in serving various ministries in the cathedral, like ushering, doing the feeding of the needy, and so on. Friends, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that we can do to the community. And one of it is sharing the gospel to the non-believer as well. Do not stop doing good works. And do these good works without any expectation. And if you're someone already doing good works in the name of Christ, I praise God for all of you. In fact, it is a great sign of your true faith in Christ and salvation. However, if you are not, I would like to encourage you to go back to the gospel and to the word of God.
put your faith in Christ, who died for purchases from the devil by giving up his life as a ransom so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And only by this faith you can do good work in Christ's name. And remember, your action and good works show your faith in Christ. And friends, remember, Christ the King will surely return one day. And on that day, He will judge each one of us accordingly. His judgment would be perfect and just. And at that point of time, it would be late for all of us. So do not wait until tomorrow, for tomorrow is uncertain of itself. Take this as a call for you to put your faith in true living God and so live to please Him by loving one another. I pray that each one of us to continue to grow in the faith of Christ by doing good works for the glory of God's name alone. Let us pray. Dear Father, we want to give you thanks for your son Jesus Christ who came and conquered sin by giving up himself as a ransom upon the cross. And Lord, as we celebrate the feast, Christ the King, with a wonderful reminder that he would come one day as a king to judge each one of us accordingly. And thank you for this wonderful reminder that only by faith in him, we would be saved. Grant us grace and strength to continue to do the good works that you have appointed for us through your son, Jesus Christ, that we are able to exhibit our faith in him. Help us, O oh Lord, as well to remind ourselves that in every good works we do, we bring glory to your name alone. Help us, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.